Welcome to On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse. We're dropping a special bonus episode today in honor of our one-year anniversary of the podcast. Our mission is always to take you to the front lines and behind the scenes, and today we're doing just that. Melissa Strickland takes the mic today, and she's going to interview me to hear the heart behind the podcast. I can't believe it's been a year of podcasting, and I'm so thankful that you join us each and every episode to go to the front lines of the work of Samaritan's Purse. Christy, as I have spent the past few days reflecting um, and thinking about this conversation that you and I are going to have today, um, I couldn't help but think of that first time that I met you. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how well you remember it. It's burned into my memory, but I was sitting at my desk and one of our Samaritan's Purse senior leadership uh, called and said, hey, can you come upstairs and meet Christy Graham? And I thought, oh my goodness, <laughs> I would love to meet Christy Graham. What am I in for? And um, went up and just heard your heart and heard how you wanted to serve the ministry. And I just remember so clearly you saying, I think I wanna do a podcast. And it felt like in that moment, it felt like I had known you a hundred years already. And I just felt your heart in that so strongly. And so can you just talk about that? Talk about like why you felt such a calling to serve the ministry and why you felt like a podcast was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah, I can remember that day very clearly. Um, I had a bird's eye view of Samaritan's Purse. You know, Edward and I had been married 15 years. And so we were able to go to pieces, you know, like I remember going to Hurricane Katrina and we got to help muck out houses with USDR. And, but that would then a couple years later, you know, it was something. So it was, again, such a bird's eye view and so detached. Um, And, but we knew about the ministry, but we didn't actually know the ministry, if that makes sense. And um, honestly, moving here, I think was really hard, you know, because we'd been in the military for 16 years and I knew that life and that world really well. And I knew how to get involved as his spouse. Working alongside Edward for 16 years in the military, I knew where my place was. And so this was our first move where I said, what is my place? What is my role? I want to be involved and I want to be supportive. And then, like I said, I also realized I didn't know a lot about the ministry. Like I said, I knew a bird's eye view. And I think the biggest explanation of this is, you, you know, Franklin Graham is a pilot, you know, and one time we were flying in Alaska and it is so much more beautiful in the air. You know, you get to see it all. It's a bird's eye view. It's so pretty. Um, but walking it and getting down on the ground, you get to know it better. You see depth, you see dimensions, you see clarity, you know, you see colors. Like we would then land and walk along and see the bears, you know, from the ground. And so I think that was another way that I was able to see. I knew a lot about the ministry, but I wanted to get on the ground. And it's the same thing with our walk with the Lord. You know, you can you can know a lot about God, but you can't intimately know God unless you're reading the word for yourself and getting to know God intimately is the best way to actually know something. So it was that same thing. Like I thought I knew a lot about it, but I realized coming I didn't. And then the more people I met, 
I thought, man, they are amazing. How do, how do you not know about them? And so I think I wanted to use my little window um, and opportunity because I am privy, you know, to meet people and get to be in on conversations that I want to share with the world. So I think that was another thing I realized. I don't, I didn't have the experience or expertise in journalism or podcasting, but I do know people and I love hearing their stories. So why not allow people to get a raw, just real experience of the ministry? Yeah. So that's kind of where it came. But again, I didn't want to be a part of it. I just had this vision. <laughs> I consider myself a visionary, but I actually don't carry them out. So I just, you know, shared that knowledge or that idea with Paula Woodring, who then, yes, brought you in. And it was funny because I just thought I was going to say, what do you guys think about this? Run with it. And then you guys said, no, come in and help us do this. So I thought if that could be something Samaritan's Purse could do for people that don't get to actually go, you know, donors, people that give or people that support and pray, let's take them on the ground. So that was kind of where it was birthed, but it was a just a God, God put that on my heart and I said it out loud, didn't think it would actually go anywhere. And here we are. Here we are. And you're not going to like hearing this, but <laughs> I have to say that um, after that first meeting, there was never a question in my mind that you should be involved because like I said, I mean, just seeing how you lit up when you were talking about it and hearing your heart. And and then we started small. We started with a podcast just for the staff and family um, of Samaritan's Purse, the spouses and the people that we have working all over the globe to feel connected to the ministry, which you had a heart for because of your military experience and wanting our staff and family to have that kind of support system through this podcast. And you, your love for the story and your natural curiosity um, erased all of the inexperience uh, in my mind that um, you were, you're just a natural. And again, I know you, if, you, if you listeners could see Christy on the other side of this table right now, you would see how embarrassed she is that I'm saying this. But um, tell me what God did in your heart that that really made you say, yes, we have this wonderful podcast for the staff and families, but truly the world, we need to take this bigger. We need to, to bring the world into what happens here on the ground with Samaritan's Purse. Mm-hmm. Um, I realized this is great. And I think it is good to connect because people are working all over the world, you know, and there's, you know, Samaritan's Purse has offices all over the country, but then all over the world. So it's disconnected, you know, and these these people work together and are on the same team, but they don't, sometimes don't even get to meet. So I thought, what a great way. So it was a great way to connect everyone. Um, but then I realized, but then there's the, the, the prayer warriors, you know, and the supporters of the ministry and, you know, the other people on the outside that don't get this little glimpse. How can we engage and bring them in? So how can we do something different? And again, the bigger, the bigger scope is not my giftings. The Lord just worked in my heart. And, you know, again, through studying and not to compare myself to Moses, but, you know, you think of when Moses was called, you know, he tried to talk himself out of it several times. I think I did to you, team. I was like, you guys do it. You are the professionals. You are well-spoken. You know how to speak on behalf of the ministry. Uh, so I really tried to, to pass it off. Um, but, you know, the Lord just really revealed 
it doesn't matter if you're well-spoken. It doesn't matter. You, like you said, I am curious. I naturally do want to know things. And I'm actually really naive about the ministry. So I think that worked well because I truly was just wanting to know. But I think what really started it was when we had all the country directors in, you know, in the summer and we were interviewing a lot of them for the invited in. And we realized, and I, re- I just fell in love with each one. I thought, oh, their heart is so amazing. If only people could know that, I mean, yes, the work that Samaritan's Purchase is doing is great, but the people that are executing that work are, are amazing. And I, I just think of today, I was actually reading John 17, 24, and I love when Jesus says, Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am so that they will see my glory, which you have given me because you loved me before the world's foundation. And I loved, you know, Jesus's heart. He just, Father, those you've given me, I want them to know you. And I think that is something I I saw in every staff member. I mean, that was their heart was, I know Jesus. I met him in a radical way and I want others to know him. We want people to know Jesus. I think it was, again, just, we would just take little steps of obedience. I think none of us had this on our hearts or even on if we would have written a goal for the year, this never would have been there. But I think we just, again, daily took obedient steps and God would open doors and show us different ways to go. And so it just kind of gradually came. But again, I didn't want to do it. I think you're, the team definitely gave me confidence and helped show me that I could and and again, we have a very talented team. So it is not me at all. We all collaborate and, you know, write and come up with ideas. So again, God showed me, kind of like he did with Moses, you're not doing this by yourself. But I think looking back and another thing, um, in one of our staff interviews, you know, someone said, you know, our life experiences become our greatest qualifications. And I love that quote. And I love just thinking, kind of like with Moses, he felt very unqualified to do this. But looking back, no, you were raised in Egypt, you were trained, you know, you learned to read and write and do things that now can help you to speak. So he thought he was unqualified. And but you, then you look back and you realize sometimes your your life experiences. And again, being in the military and moving all the time and starting over, I really do like to talk to people and I'm able to make a friend pretty quickly because we've had to, and we've had to start over so many times. So again, this podcasting, that's all it is. It's just getting to know somebody and then sharing their story with others. And so it's been a fun journey. Yeah. And that's part of what I've loved in being part of this podcast with you is that you focus on those life experiences. Mm -hmm. And we see the way that God brings people into this ministry, um, not just through their education, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, a good thing or, you know, their work experience, but you see how... A farm girl from Iowa is now our country director in Liberia and how the Lord used even her childhood mm-hmm. um, to start planting those seeds to bring her to Samaritan's Purse. And um, I just love the way that you are able to to draw that out of people. And I think part of it is, yes, to introduce people to the amazing work and to what God is doing through our staff but also to encourage and inspire listeners that to, to take a deeper look at what their own mm-hmm. life experiences are and, and how God is molding them and shaping them and, and to really set people on fire for the kingdom of God. Do you ever think about that? Do you ever think about how people are receiving 
this and what God might be doing in the hearts of the listeners. Mm-hmm. I do. And, you know, that's our prayer is, God, we're your mouthpiece. Who do you want to speak to today? I want everyone to be able to listen and take something away. It's humbling, but again, it's God is the author of this. And every single time we we say it as a team, you know, we come up with a plan ahead of time, but God takes it somewhere else. And I love that. And I love it when we don't prep people with questions, but they naturally take it somewhere that all threads, you know, into this beautiful t- tapestry. I think, again, we always come with, with our creative planning, but then it it usually goes somewhere different because God is the author, you know, and He's writing this story. We're not. That's true. We've seen that so many times, <laughs> haven't we? And so we, you know, just going back again to kind of this this history. Um, so prayerfully, nervously, mm-hmm. uh, I think for all of us, we decided let's take this bigger. Let's let's really do something with this. And you mentioned being out of your comfort zone, and so why why wouldn't we just go way far out of our comfort zone and do the first episode on a day in the life of a disaster assistance response team right let's just go on a disaster response why not um we're already we're already way out on a limb let's just let's just do this and so uh i remember you and me in my car and the wee hours of the morning setting off for the airport it was still dark um, and I think, I don't know about you, but I was like a little nervous, like, oh Lord, this is our first big episode. Just please make this okay. And then it just felt like everything just unfolded and the story told itself. But, um, you know, this was your first time out with us on a disaster. This was your first time traveling on our DC-8 cargo plane and seeing our emergency field hospital set up. So can you just share what that day was like for you and uh, why you think that episode was was so special and it, and it was the one that God had as our first episode? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you said, we hadn't even planned that to be our first episode because this was a disaster that just came. You know, I think we, were, we had been planning two other different things to be our launching episodes. That's but right, God yeah. brought this in the, you know, we hadn't launched it yet, which again was His plan. So yeah, so I mean, I was, yeah, there were so many feelings and emotions. And, you know, again, like I said, I think hearing about something and then doing it is so different. So it was just a very reactive, okay, step on the ground, here we are. We're walking through the hospital and we were getting tours. And I mean, it was just flooding. Because again, I'd read about what the disaster assistance response team and the medical, how they set up the hospitals, but I'd never physically been in one. And so to see it, and see these doctors and nurses engaging with patients and hearing their stories and watching them cry, you just can't prepare yourself for it. So I feel like it was a great, like just immersion, you know, jump in the deep end and figure it out. That's what it was. And I think it was the perfect way to do it because I was with people that had done it before and could help me. But again, at the end of the day, it all comes back to Bob Pierce, you know, our founder, his quote of break my heart for what breaks yours. And I think that day God showed me, I'm gonna break your heart for what breaks yours. You know, you think you know what you wanna do and how you wanna help, but at the end of the day, all you need, and that's what I've learned in this saying yes to this project, all God needs is a soft, available heart, you know, and obedience. That's all he needs. And so that day I learned I need to step I need to step back. 
and not get in the way of what God wants to do today. So it was a very like humbling life in the day of Adar, you know, and that's what we did. We just took people through, what does a day look like? And, and it was not polished, but it was one of the most beautiful, I think, days because it was just reflecting what God had done. And everyone there just, I mean, they were exhausted. They were tired. Many of them didn't have air conditioning or running water. You know, there was a porta potty. It was just a humble environment for the staff and the volunteers, but they were glowing because they were watching God work. Mm-hmm. So it was it was a really great day, but it was, it was tiring and exhausting, but it was probably one of the best days. I mean, I think we just got on the plane and we talked the entire ride home. We did. We were so exhausted. So much to process. Yeah, we couldn't stop talking about how excited we were and, you know, starting the day thinking, um, gosh, I really hope this episode comes together. I don't know what's going to happen. And then flying home uh, after an extremely long, hot day, going from island to island, and um, but just being so excited. And, And at that point, it was, how do we, how do we tell this story? How do we not make this a three hour documentary? Because it's just what we've just seen is so amazing. And so just seeing how God brought all that together was, was really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, another one of my favorite episodes is when you volunteered in a processing center, uh, an Operation Christmas Child processing center. And uh, as I was reflecting uh, back, it just, it made me think about how varied the ministry is. So we go from a day in the life of a disaster assistance response team, emergency field hospital, uh, long exhausting day to Operation Christmas Child and shoebox packing and volunteers with crazy, ugly Christmas sweaters on and Christmas music playing. And how has this podcast and the experience of making this podcast helped you even, I mean, you're Christy Graham. So you're Franklin Graham's daughter-in-law, you're a Graham, like this, you know this ministry, but but how has being on the ground in all of these different circumstances with all of these different projects, how has it helped you appreciate the scope of the ministry even better? That one surprised me because, yeah, I thought, I know, I know all this. I volunteered before, you know, I've helped package them and we've been making shoeboxes for years. So I, I thought that was the part of the ministry I knew the best. But that day blew me away. I mean, meeting some of these people that, I mean, some, they do it every year. You know, they take off work. This is their vacation. They plan it. They come for a week and this is what they do. But I was just so impressed with the diligence and the um, just the decision that they made that I'm, and most of them have never been on a shoebox distribution. So I almost felt bad. I've gotten to go and these people have given 20 years of life and ministry and they don't care that all they, they know they're making a difference in the kingdom. And whether they get to actually go to Ecuador and hand out a shoebox or not, doesn't matter for them. They are filled with such joy. And I always think of Colossians you know, 3.23, whatever you do, do it to the best of your ability. And that is what they did. They did everything to the best of their ability. And knowing that, and then prayerfully praying over those boxes, knowing that this was gonna impact a life for eternity. And yeah, it was fun to do something domestically, you know, right in our backyard. This is right here. And um, so again, I, I hope and pray that that episode conveyed to people listening, you can get involved. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's part of the the joy of getting to tell 
these stories, right, is that you meet everyone from, uh, you know, this committed volunteer to a faithful church partner uh, in Lebanon, one of our longest ministry par- serving ministry partners to a country director to, to even uh, someone who sits in an office here in Boone. And just to see, again, just going back to this theme of how God puts all this together um, miraculously and, and brings these people here. Um, one of the fun, I guess, for lack of a better term, um, but one of the creative things we get to do with the podcast is those kinds of episodes. You know, we've we've sat around the table and thought, what's our content? Oh goodness, what's coming up? What's what can we report on? What can we do? But we've we've done Mother's Day, we've done Memorial Day, which was a super powerful and very different episode, and um, you know, just really interesting things like that, that I feel like God has inspired um, among the team. And you really can't be around Samaritan's Purse headquarters or um, you know, out on the ground with our staff without running across two concepts that have really grounded mm-hmm. this ministry. You know, a lot of the, the people who have been here for decades, people who, who uh, have been next to Franklin Graham in in stewarding this ministry since the beginning. They all, without fail, talk about two things. One is God room and um, leaving room for God to work, and not feeling like, you know not feeling like you've always got to figure it out, but letting sitting back and letting the Lord unveil the plan. And and the second is always keeping focused on the gospel and mm-hmm. and believing and trusting that whatever you endeavor, the Lord is gonna use it for the sake of the gospel. Um, So can you talk about how those two concepts have really um, infiltrated your thinking as you've done this podcast over the past year and Mm -hmm. inspired you? I think that is, again, what inspired me to take on this podcast is because I've walked with these giants of the faith. I mean, I never met Bob Pierce, but his close friends that walked with him and yes, tell stories like that and the principal and yeah, my father-in-law, I mean, he just has such faith because he's watched God work and he's stepped into roles or positions that he wasn't qualified for, you know? And I think that's why Paul says, in my weakness, God's strength is glorified and magnified, you know? So sometimes when we can't do it, it's actually so much better because God can be on display. And so I think watching Giants of the Faith, you know, it strengthens your faith, you know? I mean, even this podcast, this was a God room. We don't know what we're doing. We don't, you know, know where this is gonna go or, but God, we feel you've asked us to do this. And that's what we did. We felt a very strong prompting. And so, you know, I think there were many scriptures that we've clung to, but, you know, Psalm 141.8 says, for my eyes are fixed on you and you I take refuge. You know, we have tried as a team to prayerfully and ask God for wisdom and discernment, you know, in every decision. But I think that is what's so fun. I feel like we get a front row seat to God's glory. I'm humbled and overwhelmed that I get to have a front row seat to this. I wish everyone could come, you know, and see this. And so I think that's what the the goal is. For those that can't go, we're gonna bring it to you. And we want it to be authentic and real and raw. No, I think that's great. I think that's great. And, 
you know, um, it, it leads me to something else I wanted to to bring up as well. Um, you talk about clinging to these scriptures, and from the beginning, uh, from the very beginning, from episode one, your heart clearly was to to make sure that every episode focused on scripture, mm-hmm. that the word of God was seated throughout each episode, and I just. It's one of my favorite parts of the podcast. It's one of my favorite themes of each episode is um, how God's word, everything is rooted there. So can you talk about why you feel so passionately um, about including the word of God in each episode in such a strong way? It's because I've watched Giants of the Faith. I mean, that's how you stay with the Lord is you walk with the Lord. You don't look to the right or the left. You look to the Lord, you know, because... Circumstances change, people's opinions change. You know, we are flawed and will fail, but God's word never changes. And I think, you know, the biggest reason is the example of Jesus. You know, I mean, he quoted scripture so often, um, and he often would say, you know, I'm doing the work of the Lord. You know, it is not me. It is, you know, and they would say, How did you preach and teach this eloquent? It is not me. It is the words from my father. You know, he always pointed things back to the Lord. And so I think that is, he is our greatest example. Um, and so that's what we didn't want this to be, you know, not try to win the approval of man. And that is something, you know, Franklin is so great about. He does not look for the approval of man or the praise of man. He looks for the approval of God. And so that's something that is really important just across the ministry. I mean, that is Samaritan's first goal and aim is not to appease or be politically correct or, you know, meet the standards of the world or the the ever-changing, you know, standards of the world. It is, it is God's word. And that's, you know, how we feel genuinely. And I honestly always feel like I have nothing to give or offer um, out of myself. So almost everything I, I give is out of the word because on my own, I, I, I'm nothing special and I have nothing great to say, but God's word does. And God's word challenges and encourages. And so I think, you know, there are so many scriptures that are kind of my anthem, but, you know, Deuteronomy 4.29, but if you seek the Lord, you will find him if you look for him with your whole heart and your whole soul. You know, Jeremiah 29.13 says that same thing. You know, I have a plan and a purpose for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. But verse 13, if you seek me, you will find me if you seek me with your whole heart. You know, and I think I've walked with God for a long time and I know it has to stay daily. You know, it can't stay on my past experience or I have to stay in His Word daily. And so I think we we just know we have to stay dependent. We have to stay anchored in His Word. Um, we want to give God's Word. And so we, you know, the goals of our podcast is to take you on the front lines to the work of Samaritan's First. And so we, you know, one, want to spotlight what God's doing, but any opinion or added to that is God's Word. God's words is the only thing that ever doesn't change. It's a long answer. It's a great answer. <laughs> it's a great answer. I love it. I love it. Very rabbit trailed. And, you know, in that answer, and as you've said multiple times uh, in the course of this conversation, and as you've said um, to me personally and to the team over and over, this isn't about me. This isn't about me. This isn't about me. And it's true that we certainly are not um, are not seeking glory for anyone but the Lord on high. 
Um, having said that, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that we're very blessed. We have an amazing team. And, you know, I, I just, on this one year anniversary, you know, just want to mention Kendra Bandy and Caitlin Lom and um, Robinson Strickland, who happens to be a favorite of mine, um, my husband, who who is also on the team and how, again, it's just this God thing that has pulled us together and we love each other and we have so much fun together, even though it's very serious business, but we, you know, there's just this joy in the Lord as we work. And just wondered if you would talk about how, how these podcasts come together, how you see the Lord working through each member of the team, um, kind of a behind the scenes on the ground with, mm-hmm. the, with the podcast itself so that people who might wonder like, does Christy just, you know, jump in a truck and head <laughs> head to Tennessee or, or, you know, for a U.S. disaster relief response? Um, but if you might give a glimpse as into the team here and how these podcasts come come mm-hmm. together. I'm so glad you brought up the team. That's my favorite part about this, about this work. Um, and just the timing, because like you said, we met early on. And so we were kind of the initial team. <laughs> um, and then Caitlin came in in our brainstorm early on and is just such a wise. Um, in fact, one of her, one of my favorite quotes is from Caitlin. She said, you know, people over products. You know, she's a writer, but she learned, you know, God taught her early on. It's not about the product. It's not about the story I'm writing. It's not about, it is about the people, you know? And so that comes first. And so that was kind of, I think from the beginning, you know, she taught me how to pursue people and don't get lost. Don't get lost in that. Cause like you said, it can be fun and you know, you want to do all these great things, but it is about the people. And so if sharing Jesus with them is more important than covering a story, that needs to stop. And it's again, modeled by Jesus. You know, that is how his ministry worked. He would be on his way to somewhere and someone would touch his cloak and he would stop what he was doing. And so I think just being, again, you know, intimately reading God's word to know what God calls you to do um, and to see the people in front of you and not get lost in the stories. And there's so much that can be covered here. And so Caitlin, um has taught me many things, but that was one of the biggest from the beginning was people over products. Um, so yeah, our team is amazing. And like you said, I think in you know summer, we had dreamed, thought about this, wanting to do the on the ground, but it, the timing didn't work out until late September. And that is when Kendra joined our team and she came um, really, and I was impressed with her leap of faith. I mean, and I remember in our early conversation, cause she had a kind of a better job offer that was a little more reliable. And I, you know, I, you know, I remember telling her what we envisioned and what God laid on our hearts. But again, this was all just visions. We didn't know if this would even come, if it would even come out, if we would even do a podcast, it was just ideas. Um, And so I just remember her faith, you know, and bold faith to accept that position and that role as an apprentice. Um, instead of a more secure job, because this, I was like, I don't know if this is going anywhere and I don't really know what you're gonna do, but if you're okay not knowing what you're doing and just following God on this wild ride and she came and honestly, our podcast launched when she got here. And again, we got deferred and got deferred and we didn't know why, why is this not working? And, And it was because God wanted us to start with Bahamas, like you said, and that natural disaster hadn't come yet. And then we were waiting for Kendra because she has been such a 
So, I mean, I couldn't do what I do without Kendra. Um, she is the brains of the operation. Um, she, you know, writes all the show notes. She does so many of the behind the scenes work that wouldn't get done. And yeah, helping come up with questions. And I mean, she really is brilliant on her own. And then, yeah, obviously Melissa is very involved, but again, had so many other roles and, and things she had to do within her job. So Kendra helped kind of take on a lot of those things that they, Caitlin and Melissa just didn't have the margin for. They had the passion and the heart and desire, but um, so it was just God brought the right people at the right time. And Robinson, as Melissa said, her husband, I mean, he's the only actually trained person. As an <laughs> audio engineer, he does all of our edits and creates these beautifully mastered works of art, but he's the only one that's actually trained in what he's actually doing. You know, again, God's used, I think all of, at our, we're sitting at a round table, all of our gifts, talents, and abilities. Um, and yeah, as a writer and, as, you know, it works for this job, but a podcast is just such a unique platform that we all just kind of learned. But it was kind of neat because as we've been actually researching and learning about podcasts and things and how to do things, we were already doing those from the beginning. And again, that was God. You know, God was, I think, again, like I said, He just wants your obedience. And he will equip and bring who needs to come, you know, to complement the team. Um, he just needs obedience and he just needs you to take that step. And so that's what, again, I hope each episode conveys to, to listeners, just be obedient wherever God's called you to be. So our team is so amazing and I feel blessed and humbled every day that I get to be a part of this. And when COVID hit and things got crazy and the kids were home, you know, I thought this would be the one thing that would have to drop. Um, but God's allowed me to be a part of this because of this team. You know, you guys carry a lot of weight. <laughs> and so we've I've been able to work from home and kind of not have to come in and do as much because of you guys. So thank you for allowing this to to keep going and keep rolling. Well, you know, you mentioned COVID mm -hmm. and one of the things I think is a core a core um qualification factor uh and certainly a strength in the team that uh that that we have on this podcast is flexibility. Mm -hmm. And you know, so often we sit around this same table that we're sitting at now and try to dream up, you know, oh, we could do this for the next three months or six months, you know, oh, this would be a great episode and this would be a great episode and this would be a great episode. And then the Lord says, but here's your episode mm -hmm. and it's gonna, it's gonna happen two days before you're supposed to post. And certainly I think COVID uh, was, was that. And suddenly the ministry was mobilized uh, to take two emergency field hospitals into the epicenter mm -hmm. of the pandemic at the same time that uh, many, many people were working from home still. Um, kids were out of school. So of course that, um, you know, you have four children we haven't mentioned, but um, small children and that cramped your style, uh, your, you know, your ability to, to come in and, and devote the same amount of time. And um, so can, can you just, I, I feel like we, we can't really talk about uh, the year without, without talking about COVID mm -hmm. and how it turned things upside down and, and what it taught you um, to, um, to, to interview people on the front lines of COVID 
to experience it yourself and have to be working around it. Um, how how has this changed you? Mm-hmm. You know, it's. I think it's been one of the biggest difficulties, but the greatest blessings. You know, because um, it it stopped everyone in their tracks. You know, and I think it made us realize we all know as Christians that we're not in charge. We know that, but I think we we still act like we are in charge, right? And and actually another great interview was one of our residency doctors in um, Africa. And he said, you know, part of moving into Africa, the biggest blessing for their family was it stripped them away from all the comforts. You know, here we are in America, we're, we're insulated. We're, you know, we have heating. We have, you know, if it gets too hot, you turn on the AC, if it turns too cold. You know, we just, we have insurance. We have so many buffers, right, to allow us to feel safe and secure. And so he said, you know, living overseas has been the biggest blessing for their family because it stripped them of all of those comforts and all of those um, dependencies, really, and idols, you know, that we allow ourselves to do. Um, And so I think we talked in maybe January. And so I already was kind of thinking about that. You know, I really wish we could be stripped of everything. And, you know, lo and behold, here comes COVID. And so in March, you know, I think COVID has been, I mean, it has not been great, um, but it's been an equalizer, you know, and I think that's what we've talked about with everybody working. I mean, it everybody has been impacted. I mean, some bigger than others, you know, some have lost family members and lost their job and their incomes. And so some really, I mean, I know I've heard it said, like, we're all in the same storm, but we have a different boat, right? Like some of us have little rowboats that are leaking and then some have a yacht. And so it's all varied. And I think the Lord showed me, I mean, we, I ha, I've had it really good through this. I mean, we didn't lose our job. We, we have our home. We, we are secure. But God's really been so sweet. And so I think for me, I've been grieved for people that don't know the Lord uh, because like I said, that anchor um, can never be taken away. I mean, my salvation, I realized that I can be stripped away from everything except my walk with the Lord. I mean, even if I lost a family member or somebody, you know, I mean, that would be tragic and terrible, but anything could be taken away from me and I would still have the Lord and that's enough, you know? And so I think to learn to say it is well with my soul, Um, but we could still do interviews. We could still, and so the work still kept on. And actually I think we were busier than we'd ever been, you know, because like you said, Samaritan's Purse had two emergency field hospitals running simultaneously. So there was so much to cover and so many people to talk to. And honestly, there'd be days where I'm like, I, I can't do this today. I don't. I just don't have the capacity. Um, things are just really hard. And then I'd get off an interview and be like, that was for me. That conversation was for me. I mean, hearing them, what they were doing, putting on PPE and, and going on a 14-hour shift to hold someone's hand, you know, and share Jesus with them. God doesn't ask us for the miracle. You know, he just asks again for to give what we have and he will provide. And so um, God is sovereign and he is there and he sees me and he gives me what I need each day. And so I pray and hope that everyone that doesn't know him will come to know him because I don't know how people do without the Lord. Amen. Amen. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And um talking about prayer and from day one, I mean, we started that first meeting with prayer, ended that meeting with prayer. Uh, As we now look at one year done, one year down, going on a wing and a prayer, 
how how are we going to pray for the next year? What mm-hmm. what's on your heart, and how how can listeners pray for this podcast uh, in the next year? You know, for me personally, you know, my prayer is that you know I would steward this well and seek the Lord for His guidance, um, and again, not get you know, my agenda or, so just to lay that at his feet and use this platform for his glory. Um, Because I do think we've been entrusted with such a wonderful platform and we do not take it lightly. And I'm glad that you said that because our team prays, you know, God, what do you want conveyed? What do you want shared? We are your mouthpiece. And so I think Isaiah 33 too is kind of my, my prayer. It says, oh Lord, be gracious to us. We long for you. Be our strength every morning and our salvation in times of distress. And so that be our strength every morning, you know, every single day, every single podcast, this is yours. We want your strength and your wisdom and your guidance. So I think that's the big broad, broad prayer, but um, specifically that it would just be yeah, wisdom and discernment. So I guess just wisdom and just faithfulness, you know, to just acknowledge if this is where we're supposed to keep going, you know, and just, but to not stop because we're scared, um, but to not push forward just because we want to, you know, so to live in that balance and that tension of, God, is this what you want us to do? Because we'd rather be worthy and we'd rather be seeking the Lord and asking Him for His, so to be the best stewards of our time, And God's resources is kind of our heart. Absolutely. And we'll keep praying. And Mm -hmm. Christy, thanks for this talk. I feel like, you know, again, going back to that that meeting Mm -hmm. um, a little over a year ago and uh, coming back downstairs and and thinking, Lord, what are are you going to do with this? Um, But, and I don't know, but I know that you've called this woman to be here. And I, and I know that you have a purpose for her in this ministry. And I, and I, I truly, I mean, I, I mean that that's exactly what I thought when I came back downstairs uh, to my office. And uh, now looking back on this past year, it's, it's beyond what I could imagine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm so excited to see what God has next. Mm-hmm for this podcast, for the ministry, and and for us getting to tell the stories of the ministry. And um, yeah, I'm just so thankful for you. Thank you again for joining today. Sitting on this side of the microphone is not my comfort zone, and I definitely don't enjoy it, but I hope that you were able to see the heart behind the podcast and the way that our team truly is praying to give you uh, insight into what Samaritan's Purse is doing on the ground. Thanks again for joining and have a great day. Thank you.